You're listening to the On The DL podcast, the official podcast of the Temple ISD Digital Learning Department. My name is John Woodward. I'm a digital learning coach, or DLC, that works primarily with the middle schools in our district. This is episode one of season three. In this episode, I will be interviewing the three of the secondary instructional coaches, or ICs in our district, Misty Anderson from Bonham, Katie Waller from Lamar, and a special guest. We have a special appearance from Amy Maldonado, who's, who is one of the new high school ICs. So we're glad to have all three with us. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's a little longer than most episodes will be, uh, but the conversations are fantastic. If you have comments, please let us know. Uh, ideas for future episodes, please let us know. But I hope you enjoy this episode as we kick off season three. I am on the DL with two of my favorite people in Temple ISD, two of our middle school instructional coaches. Uh, we had a third who could not make it with us today, but uh, we'll do it again. We will do this again. I have a feeling this is going to be a repeat. So, would you mind introducing yourselves? Well, first of all, I am Misty Anderson. I am the instructional coach over at Bonham Middle School. And I'm Katie Waller. I'm over at Lamar Middle School. Okay. Well, thank you for being here. They're taking time out of their busy Friday to be here. Super busy. Yes. We're yes. Always, we always have time for you and our audience. <laughs> and they're listening. They are listening to you. It's our audience of three people. Come so, on. So, in, in, in that being said... Amanda Stanfield could not be with us today, so right. we're going to have to do this again. Yes. That's for sure. We miss our Amanda. We do. And uh, so in in y'all honor, this podcast today is sponsored by Bonham, Travis, and Lamar. Mm-hmm. I thought so. you were going to say something like, okay. go Guardian. <laughs> hey, if anybody listening out there wants to be a sponsor and uh, and throw, uh, throw a little... Uh, Swag. Swag this way to, to get mentioned. Uh, we're always open for that. Always. So so I appreciate you guys being here today. So all, all joking aside, these are two of the best. Uh, and Thanks. so one of the things I wanted, well, the main thing I wanted to talk about today was kind of a, a little bit about what's been going on the last couple of years. Um, you know, obviously we've had a little bit happen after... Uh, the clock turned 2020. A lot has happened since then. Um, I think there was a 10-year challenge on Facebook. I'd like to see the, mm-hmm. the two-year challenge because mm-hmm. I have a feeling <laughs> it would look different. Um, but, you know, blended learning is one of the topics on this okay. that I want. we're going to be tackling on this podcast, as well as anything really with education and digital learning. But uh, this topic kind of came out of a conversation I think I was having with Misty one day because I was coming up with what we wanted to do on the podcast and we got to talking about teachers and kind of where teachers are right now it's been a tough two years you could argue that two plus years two and a half you could argue that this is the toughest in many regards Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody, you know, it definitely has not been easy, and it had his its own set of challenges. Um, however, 
the, the question I want to know is, I think when, when we're talking about blended learning and we're continuing to, to work with teachers to progress in the blended learning spectrum, mm-hmm. um, it, it comes down to really taking risks. I agree. Um, I agree with risks. And that, when you're formulating your question, that's what was coming into mind, that permission to take a risk and it's okay. Um, our teachers knowing that we're we're asking them to be different for their kids. They're having to change some of their processes that have worked for years, but because things are so different and the needs are different, they're having to change, and that's a struggle for, for some. Um, but that's not saying that they're not good at what they do and that they won't be good at something new. Um, and so that fear, that real fear of taking the risk is there. Um, but I think that they need to know that they can and that they're supported to take that risk. I agree. I agree, too. Um, I think a lot of time teachers feel like they have a hard time taking that risk because, number one, they're worried about the control of everything in the classroom. Like, well, they're so used to having control over everything, and so it's still relinquishing that control and letting teachers know it's okay. Um, another thing is it comes down to is assessments. They're worried about scores, and we tell them, you know, it's okay to take risk. It's okay, to, it's okay to take this risk, but they still, in the back of their mind, are like, "Well, I still have to get scores too." And when you try something new, we always know there's a dip in scores before you see that rise. And um, just continuing to encourage them to, it's okay to take the risk. It's okay to take the risk. And you may see that dip, but you're going to come out even stronger in the end. You just have to stick with it. And that's something else to say when we, with coaching teachers and giving them strategies to try um, in their classroom, whether it's related to classroom management or, or instruction itself, we, we know consistently that sometimes it doesn't go well the first time. Um, but not giving up and, and to keep trying. Um, and then very quickly they see the impact and that it's positive and they're starting to see the results. Uh, but in a grander scale, yes, it's, it's hard when you're talking about blended learning and bringing in digital resources and finding that balance. I know that's mm-hmm. something we look for and talk about, that balance between digital and paper. Um, you know, that it's never going to get old writing with a pencil and paper, right, <laughs> for math and specifically or other places or annotating a text. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's how we do those things that's changing, that, that makes it difficult. Um, how do I annotate when it's on a screen? Like, how do I note-take the, you know, the note-taking skills that are different? And, and so sometimes it's just having the confidence in yourself to try. Um, not to say that our teachers don't have confidence, but still, it, it's a fear. We don't want to be unsuccessful. We take everything we do very seriously, and we have a lot of pride in that regard. Um, but it is encouraging to see our teachers step out and try and they're 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 getting more comfortable with coaching and feedback and yeah. and taking those risks and um, and so that's encouraging to see that I'm going to piggyback off something that you said, and you were talking about, you know, we teach something, and we always know we're going to have to come back and reteach because it doesn't go the way that we planned. And I think blended learning is that perfect opportunity to allow students to engage in that reteach piece based on what they need. You know, we talk so much about data and student ownership and all of that with blended learning as well. And so this is how 
it really helps meet the needs when teachers do start taking that one step in to blended learning when it comes to um, innovative instruction that we're doing that naturally already with direct teach models station rotation models flipped learning with videos and using an online platform for instruction Schoology right so there's there's components that I wonder too if they they're doing, but they don't realize they're doing it. So it's like, we almost have to be intentional to say, you are doing these things, now try this one. Because yes. maybe we don't say that enough and that could be maybe. adding to it too. Maybe. Um, I think that it goes back to- There she is, there's <laughs> I, I'm gonna go back to what Misty said because I think that a lot of it is the nervousness that goes with trying something new and thinking that you have to be perfect at it because our teachers want to do what's good for their kids and they want to so passionately that seeing a rubric of like where you could be they want to push themselves to that maximum right off the bat because that's what's best for our kids and that's not always manageable and i feel like maybe realizing that we're still learning every day as educators, like the way we push our kids is the way we sometimes need to look at ourselves to push ourselves. Smell pretty. That was good. Ooh, nice. So what would you say to them in regards to the data part? How do they give, will they, because a lot of them, I think a lot of teachers may not feel like they get the grace to make some of those mistakes. Take the risk, make the mistakes, but, but will, you know, if the data doesn't show progress because they're working through some of those risk-taking, you know, what would you say to them? Because I'm hoping somebody's listening to this and, and has that. And they're, you know, if, they're, if they are wondering, well, how do I take risk, you know, am I going to be given that grace to, to take those risks because with risk comes some some failure and some growth and and can I manage through that? I think that's part of the real reflection cycle if you think about it, like stopping and actually taking the time to reflect on what you as a teacher have has done uh, in the in your in your instruction and in your planning um, for the results to come out that way. I know we used to hear a lot from teachers. Uh, well, the kids are just different this year. It was harder for them. Okay, well, if it's different and harder for them, what steps did we take? Well, I didn't really know how to do this. Okay, well, let's let's talk about it next time, right? Let's let's look at that piece. So, I think about our intentional steps to connect, reflect, and grow. Right, that's kind of our mantra in secondary education. Right, with yeah, here in CNI, that I'm going to connect with the people around me and I'm gonna reflect on what I'm doing and I'm gonna grow. And some of that comes with ownership and just being truthful. Um, Cause again, it's not, it, it is personal, but at the same time, what bravery, what courage it takes to say, I did not do this well, but I'm gonna learn and grow from it, right? And I think sometimes we hesitate to do that step. I know I've done that in the past where I don't wanna completely own something that I've done, but I have found that it really, it's like telling the truth. It's, you know, I'm, I'm gonna not get as much trouble if I'm just honest and transparent about the things that I'm doing versus trying to deflect or ignore 
some of those things. So I, I would encourage teachers to just be transparent with themselves. Like, yeah, this is what the data says. This is what I'm going to do differently next time. And and that could be one thing. It could just be I am going to take a day to be intentional in my pacing calendar to respond to their to their data to their needs. If I haven't done that before. Yeah. I like the part that you talked about teachers being reflective and saying, you know, yeah, I own I own this. I did this. It didn't come out the way I wanted to. I'm realizing as I'm growing through this process of implementing blended learning that this is an adjustment I need to make. I think the district has done a really good job of letting teachers know it's okay to take some risks, you know, and we just have to continue to let teachers know it's okay to take risks and to try something again and to try it again until you find what works. Well, I, I see. I don't get to see you, Amy, uh, but I've, I've seen both of you model with mistakes. You know, you you model it for them that hey, nobody's perfect. It starts, you know, here and you know. I think the relationships that you guys have with your teachers is going to help with them taking some of those risks because it sure is different when you take you're sure willing to take a risk when you know you've somebody has your back mm -hmm. you know and i know that you'll have your teachers backs but when the teachers know that then you've got a real partnership and then you know it's amazing what you're willing to do when you're going through struggles in tough times when you know people have your back. Absolutely. Yeah. I had one of my new teachers was, uh, we were having a coaching conversation and really trying to hone in that mini direct teach, right? 10 to 15 minutes where you're giving an example, you're modeling it for them, and then you do some guided practice, right? And so we agreed I was gonna come in and model that for her with her class. It took 30 minutes, it took half the class <laughs> because of conversation with the students. And as soon as it was over, I looked at that teacher and I said, well, that didn't go as planned. Yeah. I'm, I'm here to model this for you. And it didn't model like we wanted to. So that that transparency and, and just saying, even even when we have the best of intentions, it still may not go as, as planned. And uh, But just being transparent in that, answer and in that example that it's it's not always going to go as you want it's okay and we laughed and we're like let's do better the next time and it was and yeah. she did great and she's done great um with us at, at lamar but yeah i mean just showing that very thing about like i think with mistakes it yeah. happens <laughs> yeah. you talk about things don't go the way they plan very rarely do things go the way that you plan them in your Absolutely. mind you want it to go this way but the conversation goes somewhere else or you know something happens and so things very rarely go the way that you have them in this picture perfect plan and i think that's true about blended learning is that it's not going to go perfect the first time or the second time or the third time. Yeah. Well, sometimes we forget that out of out of something that doesn't go as planned comes innovation. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the post-it note was a failed was failed glue for for them trying to invent tiles to stick on the space shuttle. Mm -hmm. You know, it, and so out of out of things like that, we forget that that when things don't go well, sometimes you know, you see medication that was meant to work for something else, but ends up solving, you know, another ailment. 
you know, so if we can get teachers to know that, sometimes it's through those tough times that you actually figure out the light bulb goes mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But I have to remind myself. So it's not like I have this figured out. I'm right. just saying <laughs> I have to remind myself to give you know, we all have to remind ourselves to give that grace because you forget that sometimes it's through the the difficult times where you go that's when i figured out really what i wanted to do i thought i wanted to do this lesson this way and i had this plan it didn't work but here's what i figured out yeah. you know and, and we're, our, we're our worst critic sometimes you know and so that's a we double-edged t- sword we take you know? we take it out more on ourselves and and label ourselves as ineffective or a failure when in reality mm-hmm. I'm not and I learned this from it and like you said I now learned how to do this or I can apply this learning well and it's so. it's it's doubly difficult with uh with what's going on now to take risks. It was hard for many teachers when things were not COVID-related in remote learning, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think now, you know, you look at everybody in education, but teachers in particular, they're they're just worn out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I'm assuming you're new here this year, Amy, but I'm assuming Texas teachers are not that different than what you saw up in Colorado in terms of taking risks or, or having some of the same apprehensive thoughts about, you know, taking risks. Yes, absolutely. I think that it's a teacher um, struggle, not just a Texas teacher struggle, but teachers across the world struggle that we are risk-taking and granting ourselves that grace that things may not go perfectly is the main part of the struggle. No. All right, so we'll kind of end with the one thing. So we've, we've, we've talked a lot about the... Uh, we're not done with the end. We'll end the discussion with this. But, like, I guess my point is if we've talked a lot about teachers taking risks, some of the fears involved, but what would be the one thing for a teacher listening to this that you would say about taking risks? Just, you know, one thought. So we'll start with, with uh, not me. Misty. Hush. I was saying Misty, but I didn't know you were going to say not me. So, sorry. Thanks. Um, It's all going to be okay. You can do this. That's probably more than one thought, but, you know, just... It doesn't... It's not the end of the world. Just keep swimming. And referencing... It's a Dory reference, yeah. Oh, that's Dory, sorry. No, Dory said it in the name of Okay, thank you. Yeah, you're okay. <laughs> Just keep swimming. You got this. Um, I think for me, the, the one thing would be to not give up. Um, just to not give up, even when, it, when it's hard, because so many people depend on you. Your colleagues depend on you. Your students, of course, depend on you. Um, but the future depends depends on us not giving up um, on trying to to learn this new world of, of education and teaching um, uh, to not give up and of course find yourself an instructional coach that can help you and support you. I mean that's why we're here, right? You still you still my one thing, but I'll I say did. it anyway. No, the, my one thing would be to I mean 
just realize you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You you have digital learning coaches. You have your I, you know that are there. You have ICs that are there every day on campus. You know so. Even if you don't have to reach out all the time, just knowing you have support can make the difference. So. And if you've got something great going on, let us know. We love coming in to see those things that, you, that you're doing that are innovative and creative and incorporate that blended learning. Absolutely. Amy, do you have a one more thing? Um, I think it was, I think you stole mine. Um, I just want, I just want teachers to remember that there is a whole community of people at their, at their schools and their campuses that are so happy to support them through this risk-taking process. Like you said, the DLCs, the ICs, the teachers who teach with them, give it a shot. There's a lot of acronyms waiting to help them. ICs, DLCs, mm-hmm. you know. PLCs. In the PLCs. In the PLCs. You know, PDQ, if need be. So. <laughs> All right, so this is this is how we wrap it up so that people can get to know the, the people I have on the podcast. This is our lightning round rapid fire, okay? Uh, please, if we need to pause, if you need to breathe, because there's no question that is meant to stump you. Great. Uh, if it does, it's not intentional. Uh, so if you feel you need to pass, um, I'll pass judgment because you should be able to answer these. No, I'm not. Okay. But, but so we're just going around? This, we're going to go around, but I'm going to ask it, and then boom, boom, boom. Okay. Okay. All right. First one, texting or talking? So we're going to go Misty, and then Katie, and then Amy. Texting or talking? It just depends. That's a hard one. Because sometimes it's easier to text somebody when it's something fast, but I like to talk to okay, people. Okay, fair enough. I'll take depends. There's no wrong answer. That's right. There's just judge answer. <laughs> <laughs> talking. Depends. I didn't say depends. Okay, scale of <laughs> scale of one to ten, how good of a driver are you? Ten. 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 <laughs> I forgot to mention honesty as a part of these answers. Then uh, I would have been a 12. Favorite childhood TV show? Smurfs. Oh, there's so many. I have to pick one. Um, or Alan. Mm-hmm. If you had to watch one right now. Full House. I knew it. Ooh, I, I don't know to that one. Okay. Do you have a favorite TV show you would like to add? Just it doesn't have to be childhood. I could list four. I watched all the time. Just name them then. Full House, Family Matters, Saved by the Bell, and Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Okay. Nothing. You got nothing. Okay. You can and feel free to pass. Okay. Favorite ice cream flavor. Oh. Ah. Ice cream. Well done. <laughs> Chocolate chip cookie dough. Cake batter. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because it has cake. There we go. Here we go. Name a primate besides monkeys and apes. Gorillas. Oh no. Is a gorilla a primate? Is a tamarind a primate? Yes, I'll give you that. An orangutan. What, okay. What's a what's a what's the one called that's in uh, <laughs> United the Museum movie? What's that one called? The 
Capuchin monkey? Capuchin. <laughs> yeah, but you said monkey, but it's capuchin. I'm being very specific about the... Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Why can't we tickle ourselves? The, in the silence the has silence. arrived. Yeah. Why can't we? I guess because we know. Because we anticipate it. Yes. I mean, well, and I don't, it goes back to like we can't inflict pain on ourselves what? either. Like, oh, I can. Oh, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying on purpose. We're less likely to. Good boy. I'm inflicting pain on myself right now. <laughs> oh, I didn't say you're intentionally going to stub your toe. Okay. <laughs> Anything? I don't know. Why can't what we can't? tickle ourselves? I don't know. It's kind of a. My daughter said a, that to I don't, me yesterday, and I'm like, "Where's?" I don't know if that's really an answer to that question. I don't know. Let's Google it. Okay. Um, each one of you say "g'day, mate" in an Australian accent. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. Okay. It's all sounded <laughs> like through each one of you saying "g'day, mate." I didn't hear the Australian. Yeah, don't talk a little down on the diet. I don't know. Favorite type of muffin? Blueberry. Banana. Blueberry. Okay. And if they have lemon blueberry, that's even better. Then I'd switch. Here goes another honesty question here. Okay. Have you ever tasted soap? <laughs> Only because my mother made me. <laughs> yes, by accident. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you elaborate? Just when you're young and you say a word that may not be super nice. Okay, did you have a favorite? Like on Christmas Story, did you have a favorite blend of soap that you preferred? <laughs> I did not prefer any. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, ladies, what's the maximum number of spritzes of perfume before it's too much? Ooh. <sighs> One to two. I was going to say it depends. It's a fine line. That's a very fine line because I have three different perfumes at my house. Mm-hmm. One of them, two squirts, and that may be even too much. But there's a another one that I have that I will do at least three or four. And if we're talking middle school, we might want to talk about, I mean, sprays of Axe. Ooh, before. oh, God. They put the whole can on our bodies. Any, any Axe is too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How many spritzes of perfume? Two. Now, are we talking about short little, yep. or are we talking about, you know? No. Uh, who uses one of those bottles that goes, That's how they do it in the movies. Well, so. we don't, I don't live in Hollywood. Okay. So. All right. More. All right. We're doing good. What's your favorite carnival food? Funnel cake. Funnel cake. Okay. Yeah. Is there any other choice? I will choices? say fried Oreos are real good. Mm. Fried cookie dough is good too. Ooh. Mmm. You gonna change? Anybody wants to change their answer? Nope. I'm staying yeah. with funnel cake. Funnel okay. Cakes. All right. When people are standing for a standing ovation, are you the usually one of the earlier people to stand up, or do you wait and stand up towards the end? Are you waiting it out to see if everybody will stand, or do you have the gusto and it you go? It depends for me. It depends on where I'm at. There's sometimes I, if, if I'm at a concert or a show or something, I got stuff in my lap, like a jacket or a blanket, I will like slowly stand up so things don't fall to the ground. Um, I've never been a first first stander. I think it depends on the house. I'm with you. I'm never. I'm never the first stander. I'm looking around. Time, no. I'm getting the lay of the land because I don't want to be one of the five. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you look. You yeah. Know. 
Boot out the door or what? No, I yeah, I kind of read the crowd. If I'm extremely passionate, which is like, oh, that was amazing, I will be like, once I see people starting to get up, I'll get up a little more quickly. If I'm kind of like, I'm not sure about this, then I tend to sit a little bit longer until everybody's around me. So you're a waiter. Can I flip your question though, John? Uh huh. Have you ever not? Stood with a I, th- I think so. I have. I, I have think so. Stood. Because sometimes I didn't stood. agree with it. Yeah. 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 I'm like, why are we standing for this? Sometimes I don't think people know. <laughs> yeah. They just stand <laughs> and they're not real sure. They just don't want to yeah. be. Follow the crowd. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just seeing. I didn't know if I heard your answer on this one. Oh, I think I'd be in the middle somewhere. But if it's something that, like, I'm excited and passionate about, then I'll be one of the first people up. I'm definitely not a, a, a standing O starter. No, I'm not a standing O starter. And some people over, over, they'll over promote <laughs> like a that. First clapper. Yeah, they're a first clapper. All right. Dark chocolate, milk chocolate. Milk. Milk. Ooh. It's better for your heart. Isn't dark chocolate supposed to be better? Dark chocolate is better for your heart, but there's something about the creaminess of milk chocolate that dark chocolate You didn't know we'd get into some deep stuff like this. I know, talking about the creaminess All right, this one's right up your alley, Miss Anderson. Is it grammatically proper to capitalize the names of seasons? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't, I don't think so. Unless it's the first word of the sentence. <laughs> I was going to say no. <laughs> I think it, I think She's Googling it. Yeah. Oh, man, I didn't no. say don't Google. Seasons aren't proper nouns. Yeah, but for some I thought, places, I I thought I know. there were some instances where you there, could. I thought there when were. it's the first word of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> Okay, she went. So, they, no, season, okay, names of seasons are not proper nouns, so they are only capitalized when other common nouns get capitalized. So if you put them all in a sentence together, <laughs> So more than one common equals a capital. Okay. More than one what? Oh, never mind. If you throw in a bunch of common... Oh, boy. Okay. What's the lamest dessert that people try to pass off as a dessert? Oh. Raisin cookie. I apologize to those who prefer raisin cookies. <laughs> Uh, no, okay. Um, that's awesome. Because some, it's a treat, but is it a dessert? Fruitcake. Mm. Oh, so, yeah. I'm not a fan of fruitcake, really. Yeah. But, man, they, they still keeps, they still keep <laughs> selling them. They do. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. That's a but tough one because you're tough. bordering on what's appropriate. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I'm just I'm, that was really for me, so that I don't bring raisin cookies, <laughs> fruitcake, or zucchini bread. To no, I any. like zucchini bread. I'm just saying because it's is it a dessert? Like I don't think people. Would I think that's the question. It's dessert. not that these are bad because yes. some people like fruitcake, but, but people, is it yeah. a dessert? So is it a dessert I or is it dessert? More? I don't think of zucchini bread. Of a sweet side, like sweet potato pie, or yeah. something like that. You know, it's like. Yes. 
Okay. okay. What's your middle name? Nicole Murray. Murray. Yeah. Did you know that? Nope. <laughs> Two Marie's and a Nicole. Okay. And the last one, and maybe one of the more it's always I always ask this one because it's it's somewhat controversial. Oh. Is it ever appropriate to double dip at a party? No. <laughs> and I do have to follow up with I have a follow-up on this. I'm going to say no. She says no. I'm going to say no. However, the definition of a double dip is to put the same side of whatever it is you're dipping down. So you're saying if it breaks? Breaking is not double dipping to me. Okay. But what I'm saying is like, for example, I have a long celery stick and I dip it in the ranch. Okay. I bite that in. If I turn it around, (laughs) am I double dipping? No. That's what I'm saying. Like, double dipping is the same end. This, like, double dipping is here. Let me take a bite of this. And use the fork. And then I'm going to stick it back in there. And I'm going to take another bite. Use my spoon on the cake over here. I got another utensil. Yeah. Because that, to me, would have been double dipping. So, no, it's not appropriate to double dip. If that's the definition of double dipping. (laughs) Maybe that we should find out what the true definition of double dipping is. Do we get to Google it? Oh, I think we should be able to answer this one. No, I, I, yeah, no, I, I mean, think so. What do you think? I agree with you. As long as you like rotate the chip or the yes. celery. So you're right. a rotator. Okay. I'm a, yeah. I'm yes. a rotator. So, or I'll break the chip and put it in there. Sure. Because I want to like, huh. But I, I don't want to see you take a chip, dip it in there, take a big bite of it, and, and then that. put it back in there and get some more. It's gross. That's gross. You need to get your own individual serving. Yes. Yeah. You can double dip in your own stuff all day long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's the quote of the day. You can double dip in your own stuff all day long. Yes. We have been on the DL with Missy Anderson, Anderson yes. with an E, Anderson. Katie Waller. And Amy Maldonado. So, not Candy Maldonado. Her friends, yes, her nickname is Candy. But her friends, only her See friends can call her that. See episode two on that one. The second part two when we have yeah, Stanfill back. Because yeah, we have to get Stanfill with all these questions. We but we've been on the deal Thanks with not. some three fabulous ladies. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Taking time out of your day. Absolutely. This was fun. Yes, this was. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. You've been listening to the On the DL podcast with myself, John Woodward, your host. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If uh, you've enjoyed the podcast and you would like to listen to further episodes, I invite you to subscribe in whichever podcast platform you are listening to so that you can be notified when new episodes drop. Um, Thank you so much for listening. If you have comments, we'd love to hear them. Email me, john.woodward at tisd.org. Again, we're trying to get our own email address for the podcast, but you can email me in the meantime with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions on things you would like to hear. 
Again, this was the On the DL podcast. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.